All right, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. It's the Christmas special. Me and Jack Butcher are here. Jack, what's happening, Giza? Good morning, mate. How are you? Well, good afternoon. We're continental, uh, <laughs> we're transcontinental this episode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Love I'm in it. London. Jack is still, you're in Nashville right now. Trung is in Vancouver, but unfortunately couldn't make it today. Uh, not feeling 100%, so uh, hopefully we'll be able to join for the next one. Uh, but Jack and I are going to hold it down today for the Christmas special. We've got a lot to talk about, mate. I'm in London. I was just telling you before we started recording, the heater is on behind me. So if you see me jump up at any point, it's because I'm <laughs> sweating my ass off here. And uh, yeah, the energy prices are crazy. It's, it's really funny. The two things I've noticed since I've been back. One, the TikTok algorithm slaps. You know, it's got all the UK oh, yeah, content, yeah. all the music uh, content that we're always discovering from the outside, but it's just hitting my feet now. That's mad that has so much of an impact, your location, not yeah. just your history. That's mad. Right. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize that either. I, I remember when I was like in Argentina and in Mexico, you start seeing obviously a lot more local stuff. And in a weird way, you kind of get to see the culture, in, you know, obviously online TikTok culture yeah, only, yeah, yeah. but you start seeing like the way people are communicating stuff and that's stuff that's top of mind. Yeah, yeah. Because other networks don't do that, right? Other social networks don't tend to do that. I don't know if they do. Yeah, I'm not. Maybe they do a little my bit. My Twitter but I is guess, looking the same. My Twitter yeah, is looking yeah. the same in London, mate, as well, it was, is here. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's because TikTok is so much more like interest based versus the people you follow. Follow a graph. Because yeah, it's for yeah, you yeah. page. Yeah. But anyway, so. Um, yeah, and I was just mentioning my brother-in-law. He's got like his, uh, it's like a little display which shows the price of like electricity and stuff every day because real time, gas, real time of the day. Like yeah, that so Warren Buffett McDonald's ritual right there. He's like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we were just saying, man, it's crazy. It, it, they've got like a modest, normal flat, and it's just like 10 a.m. and it's like 20 pounds already just spent in the day, just wow. sitting there in the wow. cold, pretty much. So yeah, it's, Mate, it's quite interesting being uh, back. Two pound, two dollars forty cents a gallon. I just drove past this morning. Do you know what's crazy? Old. I have absolutely no context to if that's really high or really low. I'm assuming it's a lot. That's cheap. What's it that's normally? Cheap. That's oh, cheap. it's cheap. What's it yeah, usually? Yeah. Uh, well, like peak of this year was probably four bucks down there, four fifty maybe. That's wild. Yeah. In New York, it's probably Shit six, levels. seven, something like that. Exactly, yeah. It's California, eight, nine. I don't know. But um, that's wild. it's coming down. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, mad, man. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I've just been back here for a few days. I told you I was at my boy's stag do. And for our American list, there's a house fund going off. This is how you know I'm back on. <laughs> Someone better pick it up. I'm, we can leave house this in. Phone. Yeah, Who's I, know. Ringing? Like, I don't know. Probably my brother because I literally told him don't ring between these times. He's probably calling right now. But anyway, so uh, yeah, someone picked up. Uh, well, uh, editor, we can keep that in. Let's just let's yeah, keep it real here. definitely keep that in. A bit definitely of keep it in there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a bit of culture in there with the house phone. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, so the stag do, we were going to talk about it just because I mean, stag do for people who are in America is a bachelor party. So my boy Muz was getting married. He lives in San Francisco and he, he went to Oxford Uni. So he bought all of us back. He didn't even organize it, but it was uh, his cousin. It's about 10 lads in this ridiculous house, as you do. And it was kind of in the middle of like Oxfordshire. And we went in oh, wow. for the night to Oxford, had a good time. Um, absolute scenes, though. Like it, rem it was just straight up uni 
vibes like all the drinking games from uni like you know where people like putting their thumb on on the table and it's like last person put, puts oh, the yeah, thumb on class. has to drink it's like they did a, a boat race which if for people who don't know is like two teams people have to down a drink like uh, a pint basically on both teams and then there's all these rules like uh, you know d d don't say someone's name you can't point at them all these ridiculous things right but it's like you're 19 years old again and uh, it was pretty fun man just uh, hanging out with, with a cool little crew so but you were saying you've had a few stag dudes in your time as well what what about your stag, dude? Did you do one, I assume? I went back to London for it, yeah, yeah. What good, was the... Any stories you'd like to share? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, we started this... Uh, I might have started with my stag, dude, the lads I went to school with. We started this thing where... You know, people do like ridiculous stuff, like put people in wedding dresses and stuff like that. Yeah. It's actually not that funny because people know they're stag, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we came up with this thing where you just buy someone really shit clothes. So it just like goes uh, right up to the line where people guess whether or not they dress so it's themselves. It's not a wedding dress though. It's just uh It's just like you go, you know, just buy like really dodgy jeans, like an ill-fitting like dress shirt. Maybe Were you wearing tie in there. leggings from Primark? What, what what did they get you to wear? That was, it was like a set of, it was like they probably spent 12 quid, including shoes on the clothes. <laughs> And you're going into like these nice bars in London. People just like double take it. You're like, what has he come as? But they don't know that you're on a stag. Like it's more embarrassing for you because people think that's how you dress as that's opposed to being is. in yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah. So that took off. We did that a good amount. And then uh, the other thing on uh, my stag, we did, um, they made me all these speeches. Like they wrote out a speech for every pub that we went in. And I had to like stand on a stool in the pub no. and give the speech. Jesus yeah, like, Christ. And they would do like, it was like, uh, like speeches about the pub with like really glaringly wrong facts. So you would oh, go like, into it was like, about the place itself, like about the, the pub you're in. So That's there's all hilarious. these locals in these pubs and I'm standing up shouting all this like wrong. <laughs> man, it sounds so stupid now I'm saying it, but man, it was so but funny. At the moment, like, that's yeah. kind of what you do. Do you find, have you been to many bachelor parties in the US? Because I find my experience is like, everyone gets the piss taken out of them but in the uk specifically it's extra like the culture is oh yeah yeah it's like very self-deprecating obviously so you're just trying to make that person look like a fool like this guy was i, I think it's like all right for me to say because people are not going to see the videos but they're like they're literally around the fireplace asked uh questions from his missus and it was basically like how well do you know your missus and yeah, we yeah. threw in a few made-up questions in there that are embarrassing too but when he got it wrong <laughs> he got his he got waxed like on the, oh, because nice. he's a very well-groomed individual so it was a lot yeah. of uh, weird stuff like that but anyway don't want to bore people with the whole story but yeah it's christmas time everyone's a in a time. really good mood we just bought a christmas tree here getting in the spirit and uh yeah ready to to celebrate the rest of the year we've also got an episode coming up next week which is year in review for people and uh, hopefully Trung's able to join for that one. Um, all right, so today we're going to be talking about the Twitter external links debacle, which we'll be mm. talking about what happened there real quickly. But more importantly, Jack's got some cool ideas for Twitter Blue. What would make a Twitter Blue paid subscription worthwhile? Uh, some ideas for Twitter on the monetization front for creators and stuff like that. And we'll probably bring in the stuff that's been going on at Gumroad with their fees going up. Um, but before we do that, mate, the World Cup final happened this weekend. I'm assuming you watched it. We were talking. What a yeah. crazy, crazy final, right? Mate, incredible uh, advertisement for the game of football, I think. 
the neutral fans winning in that one, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it was how many times did they say that? <laughs> unbelievable. Well, the uh, crazy well, think, thing is, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, um, how many World Cup finals? I, I mean, I've been alive for, I don't know how many, eight or something. Roughly, obviously about three that I was actually conscious for and was paying attention to. And I always kind of remember the energy of a World Cup final just being like this cagey, you know, 1-0, 2 Yeah, one. everyone's like being scared to like attack. It's very like tactical versus like yeah, going, going it. at it. End to end, like pe I had some people around on Sunday afternoon. They were like, it was like game of basketball. Like that's what it felt like to the American yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. Like end to end, play to well, play. Especially because the first 80 minutes I thought was actually, I won't say boring, but they were kind of, it didn't feel like a contest. And it was like, oh, okay, great. Messi's going to win it. Like everyone's kind of yeah, happy yeah. for him. And then I, and I literally was half on. asleep because I had slept about two hours because of what was going on the few days before. Um, and I was just falling asleep basically. And then I went in the other room, started streaming on my phone and then two goals in three minutes. And then it was absolute chaos. Mate. The, the Mbappe, comeback, man. I mean, Mbappe coming back, Messi coming back, then the goalkeeper antics at the end. Uh, like, uh, you know, Martinez, Emmy Martinez, like kicking the ball away, getting a yellow card, but then saving yeah. the penalty. Yeah. I mean, pretty incredible, the celebrations. And yeah, I mean, I don't, definitely think it was the best World Cup final of all time. And I will say, honestly, probably the best World Cup I can remember in terms of the games. Like yeah, there yeah. were so it many was epic games, like comebacks and great. stuff like that. Upsets so, and yeah, yeah. Exactly. After we great, did, great you know, the, the episode with Joe Pomp, great, one of my favorite episodes we've done in a long time, actually, talking about all the problems in Qatar and stuff. I will say there's that stuff that's come out after that. I would just say that it seems like everyone I know who's gone and people I've heard had a great time. And including people mm. who just said like it was, the, even the drinking thing, they said it was quite family friendly. You know, there was a lot of upside to it as well. Um, people felt like welcome. The, the locals seemed to be amazing. They were giving out tea after every game and like being, you know, mm. great hosts. Um, and yeah, so all the other stuff aside, which we've already covered at length on that episode, it does sound like it was a big success. And um, yeah, it was it was great to witness that man on the weekend. It was something I, I won't forget for a long time. Um, all right, mate, let's get on to it. So Twitter. This has been a bit of a shit show, man. So where do we start with this? It only happened a day or two ago. Um, I think the Twitter team, Twitter support put out a message. I'm just pulling up the actual message here. It was something along the lines of a new policy. All right, now it says this page does not exist. I don't know if they took it down already. <laughs> All right, well, maybe they deleted the tweet. Um, Long story short, they were going to ban external links to other social media platforms. But more importantly to me, other platforms like Linktree and basically like saying if you're linking out to other other sites, we're going to not only like not show it to more people, which is already what happens, right? If people don't know, mm -hmm, the algorithm mm -hmm. doesn't share that to as many people. Your what's called organic reach is like 10x less or, or even more. Um, but in fact, you could actually get banned for the, your your account could get shut down essentially because of that, and um, and Elon Musk kind of had some clarifying thoughts. 
Um, but straight away, everyone's like, hey, look, this is stupid. First of all, the social media platforms, it wasn't very consistent. I didn't see TikTok in there. There were um, in the list but of where sites. Where does the line get drawn, right? YouTube, yeah. at podcast. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that was one thing. And then the second part was like Linktree as an example. Like I, I've used Linktree. Our NIA.show website is basically a Linktree. Um, and it's like... I guess it brings up the bigger question, right? Like you've built a real business using Twitter. So I want to ask you, how did you feel when you read this news? Um, and like any other thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, I didn't think of it as massively problematic for me because I don't do a lot of cross-platform stuff. But I, I thought about NIA initially of like, well, if we can push out to... Apple Podcasts, YouTube, like if you take a couple of logical steps from here and it's like, this is basically showing the intent that you want to keep all Twitter's traffic on Twitter. And I think most people use Twitter as a vehicle to, I mean, professionally at least, promote something that exists elsewhere. Right? You can't build a, unless your only product is the content, is your tweets, you can't build a business on Twitter. Even someone like Trung, who is like an incredibly prolific Twitter uh, personality creator, whatever you want to call it, lowercase j journalist. All of the monetization of his work happens off Twitter. It has to get people to click through to read the newsletter, and the newsletter gets sponsored, and blah blah blah. And that, to me, is one of the like the major incentives for Twitter as a platform. It's pretty much one of the only real incentives that isn't just dopamine hits from likes and followers. And yeah, you know, I'm not saying people, that alone is bad, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that is a great point. It's like those are really the the top 1% of people that create the stuff. And I'm not talking about quality here. I'm just talking about pure numbers, right? 99% of people are just observers of a platform. And if you take away their incentive for building or contributing content to the platform by preventing them from any like benefiting from any of the secondary effects of having this reach, which is a you know, newsletter subscribers or people click on your website or people go X, Y, Z. Um, I don't know. It just, it just felt like a really strange decision because I think it, it's, it was really done in response to that Mastodon or whatever the like huge swaths of people are leaving to try and like create network effect elsewhere. And I think what they've did to kind of mask that being an attack on a single uh, like event a or a single, yeah. yeah, a single idea that was kind of starting they to take hold. They grouped a bunch in together. They, yeah, like, oh, let's chuck Facebook in there, let's chuck Instagram in there, and blah, blah, blah. Even though, um, yeah, even though I think it was probably, it was definitely, um, that was the catalyst for it, I think, was that that big, like, you know, huge accounts tweeting about, you can find me on this platform, this platform, this platform. And I'm sure I just feel like burned if you're, you know, spent a ton of money on this thing. And uh, yeah, completely. Are... Well, and, and the one that happened pretty quickly was Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator. I didn't uh, know did if you that was the... real or not. No, I think, was that I think it was because I, I remember clicking but on he's his... back now, right? He's back probably. Yeah, and, unless I'm wrong. So someone correct me if I'm wrong in the comments on YouTube anyway. But I'm pretty sure I clicked the account, but I was also like in a haze at this point, so I'm not sure. So I, I'm pretty sure I clicked it and it went to, someone had retweeted his, like quote tweeted his thing. 
basically saying something along the lines of that's the last straw i'm going to this yeah, 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 yeah. place um and then when you clicked on his profile i definitely saw that it was banned and again we don't know what happened in between that time if it was actually for that reason or if it was something got flagged and then they reinstated it later whatever it was that kind of set off and this was so many people i saw on my timeline who are very pro elon musk and pro twitter's you know stuff mm. that they're doing right now well like hey this is like this is not well thought out and and the, to be fair it sounds like they've already reversed their decision right so it, uh, i think elon musk basically said uh, every neck big policy change is going to be voted on which i also don't really agree with like it just you right. need to kind of like <laughs> right. think it through like you can't like let the masses decide when also we've talked about bot problems like it's not really like a very scientific way to do it in my opinion um i get his sentiment there but it seems like it just feels like very rash and like as much as i'm all for them iterating and like trying things out like i won't like you know say that's a bad thing overall but it just seems like stuff like this like who did you speak to did you speak to anyone mm -hmm. who would oppose this or is it just you've got a bunch of yes men around you who are just saying oh yeah that sounds like a great, great idea. idea like Let's f the competitor it. and it's and it's just like yeah you need someone some people there that are saying hey have you have you thought about this and him to actually take into consideration some of those things you know, at the same time, I do respect they reverse it very quickly as well. So, to be fair, they are listening to a certain extent. Um, I also, I also have a, a sneaky feeling like you know, if you're thinking from Elon Musk's point of view, his experience of Twitter is like very, very unique, right? He's got like a hundred million mm -hmm. plus followers. He's yeah, one of the most yeah, famous yeah, people yeah. in the world. He's is or was the richest man in the world. Um, and so, like, what you are using Twitter for? is obviously very different to a Jack Butcher, a Trunk fan, or even a regular Joe who's using it uh, day to day. And so, uh, again, I think that is a big part of, you know, product strategies, having layers to understand, you know, the different segments of a user base and uh, what they actually are there for. And I, I think it's, it's just painting with a broad brush to say, anyone who's promoting stuff on there is bad for Twitter because that's essentially what media is, right? Like anyone who does an interview on any media channel, whether that's a podcast or back in the day TV or radio, all you're doing, you're, you know, you're an author and you're going to talk about random stuff and then you're also going to talk about um, your book or whatever. So that's kind of like, it is a bit weird that they uh, didn't figure that out. So yeah, um, anything else on the Twitter side uh, before we move on? I guess we were going to transition to the Twitter blue ideas, but uh, anything, yeah, anything else? Yeah, I think that like that, again, the, even going into these ideas, a decision like that that has been able to be made is like, it weakens my belief that like the direction of the product is like would be open to even uh some of the things we're talking about because i think this idea of like value being captured solely on twitter is not you can't really accomplish that by like whack-a-mole you know you have to just build a better product and i think that like that was just a signal that's like we don't really have any ideas you know we're going to try and win yeah. by like shutting all Blocking. these doors off instead of just building something move, great right yeah, yeah and i don't yeah. think it's necessary like you have the like i still believe it's like the most valuable network in the world just yeah. as a function of like the types of people that use it the amount of influence like how it moves markets you don't really 
hear about like they're not pulling up Instagram posts on CNBC. You know, maybe that's not the perfect example, but like the most prominent narratives that move uh, markets that are like quoted in political discussions, except like in Congress, right? It's like you tweeted this. Here's a printout of a tweet going up in a like congressional hearing. It's an incredibly powerful network and also obviously runs counter to the narrative that was that went along with the acquisition in the first place. We're going to protect freedom of expression. Yeah, et cetera, that's a et great point. Yeah, if so, you're scared, essentially, because I think to me, the forget the policy. It's clear that sharing links in general is already not reaching the same number of people. So he talked about there's freedom of speech, not freedom of reach, right? So that to me is already in that same idea, right? Like if I put something out to a competitor platform or I put it to an external site, the incentive for Twitter is to keep you on the platform. So therefore we all accept already that it's just gonna reach less people. I don't get why that needs to be changed that much. That's already kind of annoying. Like we already accept that as quite a flawed part of Twitter. Like, um, so in there's other platforms that you get still a bit better reach for external stuff. So it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a weird one. And I, again, I think like you said, the incentives are not really being understood or being positioned to us, people who use the platform um, where they're just saying, you know, if you're linking out, you, you're going to be punished so much that you could get banned. That is a very harsh punishment for linking to a competitor. So anyway, yeah, I think that's probably enough. But yeah, do you have another thought on that before we No, move that's on? great. I think that wraps it up. So yeah, I guess it moves us into the ideas part. So you, you were texting with me and Trunk about, you know, we've been talking about this for a few weeks. Like Twitter Blue is a subscription service. You pay $8 a month. You get the blue check mark, I guess, which is not the same as it used to be. If you hover over your profile, it will say something like, this person is verified because they are paying for Twitter blue or whatever. Um, so it's not the same clout that you would get as being a verified person. So, But you, you had some cool ideas in our group chat about what Twitter blue could include. And it's not saying these are realistic ideas, but just you're someone who's you know a power user of Twitter knows it very well as a creator anyway as a business person on there so yeah any ideas we want to share with our boy yeah, Elon? Yeah. let's do it so no maybe i'll try and categorize a couple of them the first the first one or the the one of the things i think i noticed when we started talking about it made me think about how some of the other massive social networks have grown and the one point that we talked a little bit about was the LinkedIn feature where you can see who viewed your profile. Yeah, which yeah, that I, was my hypothesis is like that is almost solely responsible for the growth of LinkedIn as a network, right? That that little feature that the, maybe that creepy feature, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a, it's a like it taps into something that is incredibly human, where it's like who is looking at my yeah who's like looking me up who's like trying to figure out where i'm working what i've been doing where i've been blah 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 and uh that idea has just massively i think it's been i think even the the people posting stuff on linkedin people thinking about like what they contribute there i think has less to do with the growth of linkedin than that one feature like the, yeah that's you a good log point. In and you see like oh these 10 people looked at your profile this week I think that is what's actually moving the needle 
for your career, for the things that you're like, there's something about, I don't know. Anyway, that feature to me feels like almost an accidental thing that made the whole thing work in the same way that, um, you know, I think most of these things are identified in hindsight. Um, the, so what would that look like if it was applied to Twitter? And, yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, can you imagine seeing <laughs> how would it would change the behavior of people? Because I think it would stop people visiting profiles. I think that definitely, yeah. The one thing on LinkedIn that does you only visit a profile if you're conscious of that feature, if you're okay with that person knowing that you've yeah, visited you have that profile. To, and you have to opt into it too, right? Because you can turn it off. So if you turn if it you, off, then, then nobody can see, see and vice versa, right? Which it's I think cool. I've probably I think I've probably had it like that for a while. Because I or when I did it at some point i think i had that because it basically is if you're creeping more than yeah. being creeped <laughs> yeah, on yeah. basically the downside. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah the downside is like oh I, w I looked at 12 people today and only one person came to me so i don't care yeah but no that's yeah. a really i mean that's such a sick growth hack that uh, we haven't really seen in many other many other platforms so uh I, I, was there anything like that on facebook i, I guess the closest was that people would um remember when M they would poke, poke you yeah, yeah, the poke was close. Yeah, that yeah. was good. Poke that was, was good. close, but it's also like, man, it, uh, it's funny. I got a good story about this when Celia and I started dating, like really early on. Her dad looked at my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> That's so good. I think you told me that when we were yeah, in this bar yeah. in West Village with you with your missus. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was like, man, that's just like obviously. That's I have when you a, knew it was the real deal. You were like, oh, serious, she told man. the dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, so good, man. That's a that's a good like real anecdote of that feature in practice. And uh, man, what were we talking about? If that was the case on Twitter, I think it would just change the way people moved around. So one of the suggestions was. If you're a subscriber, maybe you you move around invisibly on Twitter, right? Mm, yeah, so you basically pay for the privilege incognito to mode. exactly be incognito. And if you're on the free tier, everybody can see what pages you're visiting, what profiles you're going oh, on. Oh, damn! That that's yeah, that's what that would set people. I mean, especially if it was retroactive. Can you imagine that? Because at least, like, if you said going forward everything you're on it will be very clear messaging oh my god but imagine like people ransom. see all this stuff just a ransom but i was viewed your profile nine thousand times, times yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah I, think that would, I mean that'll be i mean i guess that's a pretty aggressive people would move. pay for that for sure yeah yeah just just to, just to wipe it but um that might also just make people delete their accounts too so uh who knows what they'll do with that but the what was the other thing i was going to say the, you remember the Instagram stories when they launched that, where people you could see who's viewed it. Did they have that on the I think, fleet? I think they still have it. They still have um, what? I, I, I don't know if they had what fleets were the, the stories of Twitter, right? Fleets were twi the stories on Twitter, but I'm saying like I've seen people write about the effect that viewers of the story have had on the growth of the network. Like people, yeah, yeah, will study the list of viewers of a story. You can still see that on Instagram now if you yeah, swipe you can, up. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Can. So you're saying on Twitter, if they still had that, yeah, would I be think, a similar I think thing. just like even you know to go to a less aggressive tier of like this person viewed your profile like you say a tweet has a hundred thousand impressions how unbelievable would it be if there was a list of the hundred thousand accounts or fifty thousand accounts that viewed it twice whatever it is but it connects you to the like real um 
people value of the network it isn't this abstract number of just like, a random number yeah that's a great point it that's would be really crazy to see like i think that would get people to contribute more and i think that's if i'm reading like you know the literal instructions that uh or instructions or um I think a couple of weeks ago, Elon tweeted out, he's like, more people need to contribute to the discussion, right? You want like voice, say what you want to say and say it on Twitter. I think some of the, I, I wrote this a couple of weeks ago, a view count like the TikTok thing on the tweet, I think would also, that was maybe the TikTok killer feature, right? It's like, wow, 20,000 people have watched this thing. I'm going to keep making stuff versus like on Twitter, maybe a hundred people see something and you don't get any feedback from that unless you're going into like the analytics and understanding that. Most people don't care about that. So I think if the goal is to get people to produce more, more feedback on how many people are seeing the thing and the closer you can connect that to the actual reality of the list of people, the more you're going to contribute to the network. I think if people actually knew how many and who how many people and who they were were reading their stuff or watching their stuff or whatever else, it would really like, I think, encourage people to make more stuff and spend yeah, more time yeah. on well, that. Well, that's inter definitely an interesting idea. I'm just thinking about it out loud here. So I guess right now people can like your tweet and you can see who's liked it. Though if you've got a big account, you're not necessarily manually going through orders. Like there's no like sorting. I mean, yeah. maybe, the, you know, back in the day when there was um, tweet there, can basically the Twitter APIs were open. People could, uh, and maybe have they opened them up again or something? Yeah, I'm, you know I'm, what? I, I don't use TweetDeck, so I might be saying stuff that already is possible on here. No, no, but no, but not, maybe not viewed. Because I, I guess the one thing is the difference between the viewing your tweet versus liking. Liking, you still, you had to initiate and say, I like that. A view mm -hmm. is like you just showed up in my feed. It doesn't necessarily show like an engaged view. Doesn't mean I liked your tweet, you know. So that would be interesting to think about that in a bit more detail. Because I, I'd say like if someone presses a button and likes it, if someone then gets to see that, it feels a bit fairer in a way. And there's more yeah. of a, what's the word? There's more qualification than that person actually liked your That's stuff. That's fair, yeah, yeah. That's actually That's happened. And so when I was going hard with Creator Lab during the pandemic, I was putting out one a week, all these big people. And I remember just, you know, that was the first time I was really consistently putting stuff on Twitter. I haven't been doing it f f for a while since. But I remember just like getting a like from a big account that I knew or I knew their name already. And that was like, oh, I can then, I used to send them a DM and like start Reach chatting to them. Yeah. And uh, in fact, that's probably how we ended up chatting early on or something like that as well. Yeah. Um, but you're right, like the value of the network, there is something in that idea of just the Exposing quality of that. the network. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's even, I mean, there's another app I use really exposing myself here, but they sent me, log it, they gave me like a free account. I can't actually remember the name of it, but it's like this contact manager app, right? It's called Clay, actually, Clay. And basically Clay, I don't know if you've heard of this or used it, but they actually have a feature where you basically link all your accounts, like iMessage, LinkedIn, mm. Twitter, all this stuff. And basically, kind of like, it's not perfect, but it merges a lot of the people. So it would say Jack Butcher on Twitter is Jack Butcher in your text messages and Jack Butcher from LinkedIn. If you all, and it will suggest, is this the same person? And it will like merge together. And then there's actually a feature there, which is like contacts in my address book who have more than 100K followers or more than 10K followers. Mm. And you can do custom searches like that. And maybe you can already do this in Twitter search. Maybe it's like an advanced research nah, thing. No, you can't, like not really. It's not very and good, And that's right? another thing that I think is like, 
yeah, the search I think is the, one of the best. You know, maybe, and some of this stuff is just, again, you're coming at it from the perspective of someone who uses it to like as a integral business part tool, of running a business versus yeah, exactly. like you know somebody just going on there to like see the news or something exactly but that's yeah. again Which is twitter blue people. yeah yeah 100 percent more and and the the twitter blue audience is definitely um you would presume they see they're either justifying that purchase as they get eight dollars worth of entertainment from there or it's a, it's a business expense that you know the 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 outcome far exceeds the eight dollars invested yeah that's a great point yeah and if the features don't lend themselves to either of those things obviously no one's gonna pay i I think the check mark thing maybe there's a small number of people that pay for a check just to like piss people off or i think i've seen a lot of that like you know just getting their revenge on the blue check there's a bit of that but i think that that's like the people that were going to do that already did that on the first pass around the first round yeah that's true yeah yeah so now it becomes a game of like actually building some utility into it another thing we talked about was um gone i was just gonna say the uh the going into i think facebook used to do this where you could explore your relationship with a specific account yeah that's a good one so like you're saying if i was like which tweets of mine has Bilal interacted with, for example, and you go through and you start to like, it just creates a bit like a more nuanced relationship between you and person X, right? You understand them a little better based yeah, on the things even that if you're you think doing in a DM, that resonate. Like in that flow, right? Like if there was a way to click yeah, a button yeah, and see yeah, the yeah. history, like maybe one view is just a clean view of messages back and forth, which also should be, way better in terms of searchability and stuff it's just no way like we use a whatsapp group yeah, message crazy. and a twitter dm though we spend way more time on twitter in general and we end up having to use another platform because the search like when we go to set up stuff for the pod if i'm like literally it happened just before this i was like oh we, we talked about twitter blue ideas and i searched and it, it doesn't basically work on twitter and uh on yeah the search is, is a mess. whatsapp it does and whatsapp isn't perfect but like at least that sort of stuff works quite easily but yeah just one thing on the twitter the check mark thing i think another thing is if you know that was another thing which i again respect they tried something out it didn't necessarily work the way they wanted it to which can happen but again thinking through the details of that like it felt like it was just like scratching the itch but not really going deep and like figuring out like creating that incentive structure and so if the incentive is just oh i'm going to get a tiny bit more clout because i've got a check mark but then the uh, then what started happening is all these random people started creating you know george w bush verified account and writing these crazy (laughs) tweets and it was so difficult to decipher what was a real verified tweet and not because that is what we actually used verified accounts for before it was oh that's actually the rock saying this crazy thing about his tequila brand or like eating a 17 chicken burgers on a sunday or whatever mm-hmm. and so and that made it a much worse experience for a few weeks like the experience of twitter was stupid because all these crazy i mean it was also hilarious right so like that's another part but in terms of actually you know the mission of the company to be the town square you were getting a lot of problematic stuff not in terms of annoying like bad stuff i'm just saying it wasn't easy to decipher what was real and what wasn't and that's already a massive problem on all the social channels so again it just feels like an idea someone had didn't really think through put it out people like what you're doing and the problem with social media companies running a social media company 
when you sp listen to the people who've done it before is you only get a few chances to convince those people to keep coming back it's different from a tesla as much i think spacex and tesla are way harder in in most ways in terms of engineering and you know the crazy stuff they've done but what's really difficult about twitter is there's 300 million people and by proxy with the press you know millions of people outside of that talking Everyone, about what you're really, doing yeah. every every time you do something and there's already people out there wanting it to fail every time you do something wrong now every three to seven days they're like getting on it and now that's going to there's going to be so many people that just get convinced to not keep coming back because it, like that if if i if all i read was that headline and i didn't read anything after about the external links as someone who's primarily on there to share my podcast with people that is something I'm like, all right, well, that's completely fine. They're allowed to do that, but it's not, there's no incentive right, for me anymore. Not, doesn't exactly. It's not conducive to my objectives. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good use of the word conducive. You, you look <laughs> proud of that one. <laughs> it just flowed when it hit your head, I could tell. Yeah, but yeah, man. so that was an interesting one. I also think you, you shared a few ideas about monetization. I don't know if that was in the recent DM, um, yeah. three-way chat or, or in the past, but you talked about YouTube style monetization. So let's talk a little bit about that because essentially right now you, you can't really make money on Twitter directly from Twitter, right? There's no ad share of revenue. There's no like premium content like Snapchat had, you know, I, right. I forgot what they're called because I'm old, but they had that um, in the Discover page or whatever. They did deals with like Vice and all these different people uh, and yeah, they were yeah, getting yeah. paid. TikTok has a creative fund. YouTube has 55, 45% revenue share, you know, split with TrueView ads and pays out more than any, you know, platform mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, Instagram, I've forgotten what, if they have anything, do you, do you know? Cause you, you've, you're pretty big on Instagram. They, I think they were piloting something. I don't think anything's like properly off the ground. Like they were paying people like random amounts to upload reels and oh, yeah, yeah, paying that out makes bonuses sense. and stuff. But I don't think they have any like proper proper ref share sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and though they are Which at I least thinking about it right like they're doing the nft thing they're yeah i think they've talked about doing some sort of ref share at some point they got the subscription thing now as well instagram so you can subscribe oh, yeah, you can, and then you can have like private stuff. stories and blah 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 have so you, you tried can, that yeah i got it running right now did it's you cool. feel like it's worth doing like do many people subscribe or it's decent it's decent you have to like you know, it gets a little bit like OnlyFans style, you know, where you just have to like constantly be plugging it. And Are you selling really feet pics, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you have to do something, you know, you have to do something aggressive to, to, uh, but you know, it's more the like behind the scenes, you know, uh, unpolished, like unfiltered stuff that performs the best in those situations. Um, but I think you, all the things we discussed, YouTube is the closest thing to like a free market of, make compelling content get paid right or a lot of these other um a lot of these other ventures when they start out it's like how do you get like how do you basically mediate a deal between this creator and this brand and, and obviously that doesn't scale right because you have to have people sitting there signing the contracts like looking at the content before it goes out and i know that's a big part of youtube right the bin that we've referred to on the pod millions yeah, yeah. of times this idea that brands get their stuff placed next to unsavory content at times and that's i think an issue for obviously every social network and i'm not um adept enough to understand the nuance of it but obviously twitter would suffer from that same uh situation Definitely. right if your brand is placed next to some 
tasteless commentary or you know obviously everybody's seen the worst a of Twitter podcast and, about yeah, yeah. about crazy stuff with three <laughs> right, idiots right. don't know what they're talking about yeah, yeah you don't want to yeah. be advertising against no, you get, but, get a lot worse than that but there's uh there's no but yeah yeah i get you there's some transparency into i think the way i've been thinking about it is if this whole idea is or like the interest in the platform has grown with the amount of transparency that's being uh, exhibited. Maybe you could do that on the ad side, right? Where you say this many advertisers spend this much money per day on Twitter and we're committed to sending, you know, 45% of that back to the people that make the content that people come to Twitter for. So I think like make something as dynamic as the Twitter feed for the advertising data and the relationships between um, the, the attention you're creating and the value that Twitter is capturing from the work you're doing. And I think even YouTube, you know, doesn't do that. I think it's more intuitive on YouTube because you Sorry, kind Jack, of- one sec, your uh, video's completely gone off, mate. Do you want to just turn it off and on again? Oh, there okay. go, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't I need th- to yeah, edit just, that. It's fine, you're off for a few seconds. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, I think YouTube, is like it's really intuitive because people get like tv ads i think it, that 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 model has been around for so long it's just like pervasively understood like if i make something that people watch and then there's like an advert in the middle of it i understand why they would send me some yeah cash. Yeah. yeah i get that, that. Makes sense. i think twitter is not as intuitive people are, i don't even think of it as like uh youtube type uh platform yeah it's and not the same they, it's you're right because they i think they positioned it around like moments and stuff and i think 80 percent of it was based on uh brand brand moments and stuff uh, brand type of ads because that uh, we've talked about on the pod before but there's direct response and brand ads google search is direct response it's like click my ad and buy something sign up whatever um youtube is mostly brand as well because you're you're trying to like get awareness of your product or whatever um but do you, know, do you know what while you were just talking there I, i'm just pulling this up i'll share my screen for a hot second sorry if you were in the middle of something you can finish what you're saying no i was gonna say i've started to see i think pre-roll on videos on twitter as well like that's a huge part oh, of the yeah. strategy obviously is like get people to upload more video because like those ads are much more like they stand in the way between you and the thing you want to see as opposed to like in the feed, you can just get rid of that thing, right? Yeah, I think completely. There's a yeah, really- You can't really miss the pre-roll if you're actually trying to watch something, yeah. Right. So That's so why that's, I pay I think, for YouTube Premium, because I- Same here. Uh, and it's the, the five second skip is, is actually way better than TV, if you think about it, right? Like TV, you watch 23 minutes of a TV show, seven minutes of ads. And um, on YouTube, though nowadays it's getting pretty bad. Well, I don't fully know because I don't. I haven't had ads on there for a while. But you get like seventeen different ads in the middle of like a long <laughs> podcast, and you're like, okay, I'm going to pay for this. But and um, the podcast I, is running ads as well inside exactly. the podcast. Then you got Athletic Greens and and the mattress yeah. company on there, and you know, I love Athletic Greens. Don't get me wrong, but you know, this is a lot of monetization. Well, talking of which, I just want to share my screen really quickly. Um, I saved this recently because I don't know if I sent you this, but it is someone sharing how much they make from TikTok. Can you see my screen? 
Um, if anyone's yeah. running Hamas TikTok page for 7.5 million views, 629,000 <laughs> likes, and over 5,000 comments, it's $3.95, which is oh, pretty wild, Lord. right? That is wild. I mean, I mean, just to put it, Bilal, how much would it cost to get in front of that many people if you're paying uh, on for TikTok? I don't know the CPMs, but just to put that in perspective, so I'm going to stop sharing for a minute because I'm going back to do public math here. Um, <laughs> but basically, so well, someone could do the public math in the DMs because I need to calculate for this. But an average CPM on so CPM is cost per thousand impressions. It's basically how much does it cost to get in front of a thousand people? That's kind of like the standard across digital advertising and a lot of the times that's what you'll be paying in so facebook instagram i'm pretty sure tiktok um are in that google and youtube are actually slightly different but you would normally pay between let's say five and ten dollars it really varies it could be way higher right it right, could right. be way but lower napkin yeah. but five dollars for just a thousand views this guy had 7.5 million views <laughs> So four on bucks. another place, yeah. So four bucks. Your you got to pay tax on that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So he's making exactly. about really two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if there's a CPM written in it to do the math for me. But no, I, I don't see it in there. But essentially, if you think of YouTube, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure the RPMs, which is the publisher side um, metric, which means if I'm a YouTube creator, how much did I make in CPM value? It it's probably you know like five as well. But if you're certain categories like finance and you've seen all these crypto mm. YouTubes and we, we've monetization completely turned off, but FTX. our category is actually very high. You can make 25 sometimes in, in some places. And then on the podcast side, an average is 18 to $25. So you pay a little bit more premium to be on, in a podcast because you're gonna get Jack Butcher talking about your product. And it's like radio, it's like there's a lot more engagement in long form content like that. So that mm -hmm. is kind of how it works. The fact they're paying $4 for 7.5 million views is absolutely ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, on it's, YouTube, it's like you, insulting, just don't do it. Like this, Yeah, just turn that, it off. What's the point? And like, that's just not gonna do you any favors. Like the people who can make money on TikTok don't need the money. Yeah. In the same way that like, that's the, the crazy thing about the imbalance in this. Like, I don't know how many views does Kim Kardashian get on TikTok on every video? Probably more than 7 million, I would think. Yeah, yeah, completely. million or whatever. So she's making what, a hundred bucks a video? It just makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, actually, sorry, by no the way, sense. What, because we like to, to uh, fact check ourselves here, there is actually yeah. <laughs> a very useful thing on the same screen I was presenting. So you can go back and pause if you want to read the full thing. But you know, on Twitter nowadays, it says like readers added context that thought people might want to know. The 395 oh, yeah. was from that one day, essentially. TikTok doesn't count views until later. So really, they paid around $202. So just to be uh, okay. fair, that is closer to How what it would be. How big is TikTok now? Do you know, user -wise? Number of people. I mean, I think yeah. it's over a billion, it could, probably more. Wow. Um, massive. Wow. And then the other thing is it says TikTok pays 0.0027 cents per view, just to give context around zero that point zero 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 oh wow all right yeah um so anyway yeah we're we're kind of hitting time shortly anyway um but yeah crazy we should compare that to music royalties too like a, yeah a that would be interesting on spotify. on spotify side um all right mate was there anything else on that before we those were some cool ideas monetization for for twitter blue elon get your boy jack butcher involved <laughs> um if you guys want to get some more insights but anything else uh, on that before we wrap it up, mate? 
this podcast was brought to you by Creator Lab, Visualize Value. <laughs> and what's, yeah, exactly. what's Trunks thing called? Saturday, Saturday Post? Sat Post. Sat Post Sat and Barely.ai. Yeah, sponsored by. Yeah, we were talking. Didn't someone text you saying... The, yeah, the there's open ad space. Shout out Warren. There's a, yeah, yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the three up display we got. We got two little squares. Yeah, in yeah. The bottom left and right. We're going to start putting some ads in there. <laughs> some talking heads. There we go. Exactly. Well, anyway, listen. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy holidays. Whatever you're celebrating. Hope you get some time with your with your family. Uh, have some good grub, and uh, we'll we'll have an episode for you. I think on the 27th, the, the same day of the week, Wednesday. Uh, I think it's a Wednesday, um, as usual the day after a couple of days after christmas and uh, we'll try our best to get you on early in the new year as well like usual um and we appreciate you guys um for rocking with us this year it's been a great year for us on the nia side and uh, we'll see you guys next week all right cheers